Today's scripture reading is from the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, verses 22 through 28. Please stand for the reading of God's word. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. New hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love the God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> it's good to be with you. I think it's been two years for us. We, uh, my name's Matt Irvin, as I uh, was introduced earlier. I'm here today with my wife, Jen, our three children, Malachi, Ariel, and Luke, my wife's parents, Bob and Pat, and one of her brothers, Drew, and one of his daughters, Sabrina. So we've come in force today. <laughs> um, uh, but we've, it's been about two years since we've been here. Uh, our summer holidays for the school calendar in the UK are only six weeks. So our kids have only been on summer holiday for six weeks. So kids, if you're a little bit upset that you know, it's back to school already, you know, have some compassion. Um, but we came, uh, so we try to come back every other August or so and and have a bit of rest, see family, have some family reunions, which we've just had the last couple weeks. We arrived in country on the uh, 27th of July, and then uh, we just got to New York last night. So um, I'm over jet lag, but a little, little travel weary this morning, but it is a joy to be with you. And um, I wanted to also say that uh, we bring greetings from the church plant that we're part of, New Life Swarta Sangit in London. It's such a privilege to serve there with some of the local leaders. Uh, we've been part of that work for many, many years, and Grace has been partnering with us for many, many years. Uh, uh, somebody said that maybe uh, we're one of the first missionary partners that the church took on. Uh, which is really humbling. Um, and it's humbling for us to be part of working with local leadership in London as well um, in, in the work that we're doing there, uh, which is to start a church that is gossiping the gospel, that is sharing the good news in ways that are culturally relevant and understandable in northwest London. There's about uh, Four million people of South Asian descent in the UK and about 200,000 people from that background in our neighborhoods. Many of them are our friends and 
They come from all sorts of faith backgrounds. And many have the idea that in order to follow Jesus, you have to kind of check your, your cultural identity at the door in order to follow Christ, which is, of course, not true. And so we're trying to live out the good news in many ways um, and starting a church. Swarta means good news in Gujarati. Sangat means community. So it's a good news community showing that we can follow Christ and, and not lose sort of those cultural roots that we may have, whatever they are, that the gospel is for, for all nations. So, uh, so I bring greetings from our brothers and sisters there as well. Well, in the text today, I really want to focus, and by the way, we're going to be meeting afterwards, and we'll share some more things in that, that snack time after the service over in the other lodge. So we'd love to have you come over um, to, to hear more then. But in our text today, uh, I really want to focus on verses 26 through 28. And there's really three, three things that we want to cover here. There's, there's weakness. We're, we're very weak people um, in comparison to the challenges we face in our broken world. But there's help. The gospel is that we have all the help that we need in Jesus, and especially in our text today, in His Spirit that is interceding for us. So the Holy Spirit is present with us, so there's all the help that we need. So that's the second thing. And the third thing, really, which will be briefer, is that uh, the Spirit helps us to get to the destination, which is our good, but it's a much bigger good. It includes the good of many, many people that will come to know uh, the Lord in and through the work that He's doing in us. So that's where we're headed today, but we'll start out with, with this idea of that we're, we're stuck in a state of weakness. And this became very apparent to me a few months ago. I was going to, I had to make a trip out of London, a short trip on a plane. So I got on the, the underground, the, the subway, and I was taking it to uh, this, the airport in East London. And I was really excited because I was going to meet some friends that I try to see once a year and we try to encourage each other as brothers. And, and on the way on this journey uh, on the tube, I was really kind of the, the cares of the world were kind of leaving me and I was thinking, man, this is going to be great. I had everything I needed and I was feeling like I was on top of my game and I was ready to sort of just enter into this time. And there's one change very near the airport where I had to get off the subway and get on a, a different uh, uh, branch. And I stepped off the, the subway car and the doors closed. And I went from feeling like I'm on top of the world to the world is ending because I left my jacket on the, the subway. And in my jacket was my wallet with all of my money and all of my credit cards and also my passport. So I went from a position of real excitement and perceived strength to a position where it became very obvious that I was a very weak person. And all I could do was say, help. And that really represents the state that we find ourselves in in this world. Whether 
Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can probably relate to this today. Our world is a broken place. It's not the way it was meant to be. And we see that in the verses that, just, just part of it that we covered uh, in, in the verses that we read from verse 22 on to 25, that the creation is groaning like in the plains of childbirth. That's not the way God made it. He made it perfect. He made it good. But our first ancestor sinned and sin entered this world and the world ceased to function the way it was designed. And now we find that we have to make our way in this world that is, is so broken. And the, the task of life that we face often is, well, all the time, is bigger than the resources that we have within ourselves to face this task. Weakness is not just, we could make a mistake and think that we, we're only weak in that we don't know how to pray as we ought in verse 27 as that comes across following verse 26. But our weaknesses, our inability to, to even know what to ask for help for is, does not define the extent of our weakness. It says in verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. That refers to all the verses before. It re- the likewise, the, the weakness, is, is the creation broken and groaning. And everything that is related to that brokenness, which we don't have time to, to fully delineate that this morning. And I know some of us, as we come in this morning, we hear these words and we think, yes, that's true. But for others of us, we might be feeling a little distanced from that sense of weakness this morning. So let's, let's just think about ways in which, you know, this, this weakness, we, we kind of come into contact with it. Well, physically, we age. Uh, our bodies don't work the way they used to. And those of us who have maybe more years under our belts today can relate to that more than perhaps some of us that are a little younger in the room. That's one way in which we experience the weakness. And sometimes that is just a slow thing. And then sometimes we get that phone call or we have that pain and we go from feeling like, yeah, you know, I know that one day my body is going to not work and one day I'm going to face death to we feel that in the present. And maybe that's something that you've been through today. I've been sort of, you're, you're facing in life right now. Uh, I've been unplugged for the last couple of weeks. So these, these, this news of these shootings is, I've sort of just vaguely absorbed that. But in the prayer this morning, it was reminding me that this has just happened. And there's families in the world today that are very aware that the world is a broken place. Um, I remember one time we were getting ready for a mission week and I was in charge of a, a large portion of it. And we're ready to go. I thought, oh, so much good ministry to do. And then I got a pain in my side. And this was on the first morning of the week. And I thought, oh, that's not so good. And it just wouldn't go away. So I, I went from thinking, well, I can kind of manage to by the end of the first session, I said, I'm going to the hospital. And it turned out to be appendicitis. And I know in the whole scheme of like, things that can go wrong with our bodies, that's rel- relatively a tame one. 
but I went from feeling like I have the ability to sort of face life and to really be used of the Lord during the, the ministry that week to being flat on my bed on, in the hosp- on my back in the hospital. Uh, and pretty soon I'm, I'm in this room and I'm surrounded by people and I only have a hospital gown on and all I can do is, is sit there until they put me out and cut me open and fix what's going on in my body. And that, that really summarizes uh, the weakness that we feel. It, it, we see it in our work. You, you know, you try really hard in work and do you ever get the sense sometimes that you're, you're like picking up a pile of bricks from here and you're moving it over here and you stack it nicely and then it, you end up moving it back over here and it's just back and forth. And you get a phone call and uh, uh, you ever get a phone call where all the work that you seem to have done, it just, it's just been undone in a moment? I, I can relate to that. And then there's relationships and where you're trying to love someone, right? And you're, you're trying to guide them and, and help them to make good choices. But then you realize that the best advice you give someone, you, you can't make them make good decisions. We're helpless to change someone else, let alone make good decisions ourselves. Can we change someone else, let alone change ourselves? So this weakness is something that really defines the, the way in which we, we face the world today. And we have to be clear that this, this weakness is not saying that we don't have relative strengths or that we're not made in the image of God, made with resilience and beauty and intelligence and creativity. To say that we are weak people essentially is not to deny that. So don't hear that as we read this scripture. Nor is it to say that that some people are weak compared to some people that are strong. I know it's a real danger when we hear this text telling us we have to be honest. We're weak. We can't measure up to the challenges of life in ourselves. That sometimes we hear that and we've already heard that message in our lives from someone else who's playing the part of strength and telling you that you don't measure up. And surely God is not saying that to us today the way we've heard that message from someone else. This is not like one group that's saying they're relatively strong to another group saying they're the weak ones. This is not, I, I, I was uh, uh, thinking about this the other day because there, there's a woman in our ministry in London that's a lot shorter than I am, right? And, 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 and I'm about 6'2", and she's somewhere about this height, right? And she's, she's a little older than I am. And Two people could look at us and say, I'm the strong one, she's the weak one. We were doing some weeding around the church grounds. And, and all of a sudden, we, we, we started laughing because my back was hurting because I had to bend so much lower in order to get the weeds. And she was having a grand time of it, just kind of going over and getting down to those weeds, and it was no problem. So her perceived weakness was a strength in that situation. And, and in other, uh, another situation back in the kitchen in our building at our church, there's some really high shelves and everybody's constantly asking me to, to, to reach up and get the, 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 the cups on the top shelf. And in that situation, my relative tallness is a, is a strength. But this is, we're not comparing us to relative strengths and weaknesses between individuals or between groups. This is not like one person who goes into the weight room and is, is really muscular and the other person is kind of flabby. This is all of us in all of our humanity staring at a massive cliff together and saying none of us can get up that cliff. We are all weak. And weakness is not the same as sin. 
It's not quite the same as sin. Sometimes we can sin in our weakness, but it's not quite the same. I'll give you an example here. Uh, uh, weakness can also look like when you're trying to get dinner for the kids. And this was uh, us a, a little while back, and we were on a, a tight schedule one night. And, and you have to get the dinner because you have to get out the door. And so everything's moving, all the pieces are moving. You get the food on the table, get the drinks on the table, everything's happening. And then in the midst of that chaos, I won't say how, but one plate full of food was dropped. And it was already hard enough to get to, to keep on the schedule that night, but then it went from the normal stuff that we were facing to a broken plate with the food all over the floor, with a plate, plate dropped. And that's kind of like weakness. You know, sometimes... You know, life, it just seems like it tends to disorder in this way. Now, that, that's weakness, but, but sin in that weakness is how do we respond to that? And uh, we can respond with, you know, equanimity and sort of, sort of, oh, no problem, just get a new plate. Or we can respond maybe as I may have done in that situation, getting all stressed out and yelling and kind of getting angry. Well, there, there we sin in our weakness. So sin and weakness are not exactly the same, although they often can be linked. So we're weak people, and that's what this scripture reminds us of. And that's, that can be an encouragement today, because if you're aware of feeling like you don't have the resources to face life, you're not alone. We're all in that boat. Often the way this works is we can feel like we're the only one. And if you've come in this morning thinking, you know what, everybody else seems to have their lives together, and I don't, you're in the right place. Because this is a message of grace for weak people. And that is the message of the gospel. It can also challenge us because, you know, even if in one parts of our life we feel we're aware of weakness, in other ways we can sort of fool ourselves into having the illusion of relative strength. And we think we can basically do life. And I find myself in that place a lot. If you are in that place today, where this message of weakness rings a little hollow, watch out. This is a challenge to say that's an illusion. That's an illusion. None of us have the resources to face life on our own. So that's point one. We're, we're all weak people compared to the challenges of the world. But point two, there's hope. Point two, there's help. There's hope and there's help in the gospel. Because even as we were saying just a moment ago, that there's a danger of us sort of um, fooling ourselves into the illusion of strength, there's an equal danger for us to just be so aware of the weakness, to become cynical, to think there is no hope. We might as well just make our way in this world. But there is hope and there is help. And we see this, as it says in verse 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And that follows on from earlier in the text that we read, it says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemptions of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. 
In this hope we were saved. So this is picturing the Christian life. And up, in this point, up to this point in Romans, he's been talking about what Jesus has done to meet us in our weakness. This world is a broken place. But God came into this world in the person of Jesus who lived the life that we were meant to live and then hung on the cross naked, seemingly the most weak person in the world, but earning the greatest victory in the world where sin and death and all that entangles us is put on him and we are freed through Christ, through his death and his resurrection, his victorious rising from the dead, conquering sin and death and evil. And this, and this is pointing back to the Christian to say, look, if we know Jesus, we've been freed. And it talked about this in earlier, earlier in, the, in the book where in, in chapter 5 it says, and, and for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died. This is chapter 5, verse 6. For the ungodly, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So as we are aware, brothers and sisters, of our weakness, it's the point of, we're being reminded of the point of entry to the hope we have in Jesus. Because what is the gospel? The gospel is admitting that we don't have something in us to rescue us from sin and death, that we do not have the ability to climb the mountain of life to God, that God comes to us and gives us everything that we need in his son, Jesus. And so we are saved through Christ. We are saved by admitting weakness and then receiving as a free gift everything that Jesus gives us through his death and resurrection. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that there's grace for sinners in the death and resurrection of Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you admitted to him that you're a sinner in need of his saving work for you? That's the first point of help and hope to anyone who reads this text, to all of us. But then for those of us who already have met Jesus and say, yes, I believe, yes, I've received him into my life, yes, I believe that I cannot save myself, yes, as the songs we've been singing and the confession we've been reading, yes, salvation is all about grace, undeserved favor through the free gift of Jesus that he gave to us through his death and resurrection. Yes, I believe that. There is a great tendency to think that we move from that. And now that we are in a position of strength, and now we have to make our way through the Christian life in our own strength. And this reminds us that even Christians do not move from a point of facing life from a point of weakness in ourselves. We are only strong in our union with the risen Jesus and his spirit that has taken up residence in us. We never move from that place of being needy, of needing to say help. 
and we don't even know what to pray for. But we have the Holy Spirit with us. God Himself dwelling in us, making us His temple, and giving us all that we need, even directing our prayers. And this teaches us really, how do we walk with Jesus? You know, often we can think about prayer as being, I gotta get it right. I gotta say the right things. And then that'll unlock God's answers to uh, help in my life. But prayer really begins by simply admitting that we don't even know how to pray. But we have a spirit who's translating our prayers, who is uh, making them uh, go from uh, a point of not knowing what, is, what we really need to, to talking to the Father and saying, this is exactly what Matt needs. This is exactly what Grace Church needs. This is exactly what you need. So we babble as little kids to the Lord saying, help. And the, and the Spirit translates that to, to a cry of uh, articulate uh, prayer that, the, the, that God answers uh, uh, according to His will. My wife has taught me a lot about prayer this way. Something happens. Let's pray. Something happens. Let's just tell Jesus about it. I've learned a lot from her in this way. What, is this, what does this kind of look like? like? Well, I can remember when the kids were little. I know you guys play volleyball outside. You could use many different sports, but I'll just use volleyball. But, you know, when you have little kids, sometimes they go to play volleyball or some other sport, but we're using volleyball today, and, and they can't really get the ball over the net. So what's the point of playing? They're, they're too weak to play. But did you ever see like uh, older people or a parent comes along beside and the little kid hits the ball and just taps it and then the parent and comes along and hits the ball more and hits it over the net? Well, that's God himself dwelling with us through his spirit. We shoot our prayers up and, and we don't know what we need and, and we think we know one thing and it's maybe not the right thing and, and, and we struggle in our weakness and, and the spirit is there to help us and to translate our prayers to exactly what is needed in our lives. Well, what does this do for us? Well, one of the things it does is it, um, as, we, uh, as we realize that the Spirit is helping us in, in our, our weakness, is it, it makes us people who are, are willing to risk and to help even when we don't feel like we have the resources in our lives to help other people. We don't wait till we have the uh, uh, relative position of strength in order to move into the broken world, in order to move into life. We can move into the world with confidence as we trust the Spirit, knowing that He is going to provide all we need to provide hospitality to other people or to help that person in need. This really came up recently in our, our ministry that there's a woman who wanted to do this sort of outreach fundraiser where we had to raise 2,000 pounds. And 2,000 pounds is a lot of money for our church. I won't say what percentage of the annual budget, but it was significant. And we had to raise 2,000 pounds in order to have this ministry purchase food that we were going to then pack in order to send to some people in Africa. 
some children in Africa. And we were going to invite people from the neighborhood to help us pack, people that are part of the church and people who are also not part of the church. And so our planning team was going through and we're thinking, how can we possibly do this? How can we possibly do this? And if we were thinking about that from the perspective of someone who thinks weakness defines us, instead of knowing that we have a helper in the Lord Jesus and through his spirit, then we would probably have thought, you know what, this is impossible. But, but we plowed ahead because we prayed about it and we thought the Lord was leading us in this. And, and the Holy Spirit led us and, and, and God provided. And it was a wonderful, a wonderful time of, of partnering with other people from the community who aren't part of our, our church. And we got to rub shoulders with them. We also got to, to be able to pack this food and, and send it to some kids in Africa. That was a great example. Another example recently, there's a woman who is not a follower of Jesus. And we've been befriending her family for many years and she wanted us to come over and, and to share with her how Jesus, what does Jesus teach about enlightenment? And she wanted to invite about 10 or 12 people from other faith backgrounds to be there and to kind of listen. And, and so we said, okay, we'll do it. But as we're getting ready for that night, I thought, well, what's going to happen? I don't know how this is all going to go. I don't know what exactly to say. And so, you know, about five or six of us from the church, we gathered and we prayed and we said, Lord, help us. Spirit, help us. We don't even know what to say, how to plan this, what to do for this evening. And so we went in sort of with our sort of plan that we thought would be best. And in the middle of this meeting, the Spirit sort of took over and we started praying for the healing of different people in the room. And, and you could just tell that God was helping us in our weakness. So the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So that we're on a Christian life. We're starting with being rescued from sin and death. And we're, we're heading to a future that's going to be uh, where everything is healed. And, 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 and we are in the present experiencing that future only as a first fruit, only as a foretaste. But we have that genuinely through the Holy Spirit. And then we get to the final point here. And that is in, in verse 28. It says, um, uh, it says, and we know that, verse 27, And he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So Jesus frees us, the Spirit is present with us, but, and he's translating our prayers to take us to what destination? To a destination where God's good will is accomplished in our lives? Who can we trust in this world to get us to the end of this journey? Who can we trust to help us to face the weak the, 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 the challenges of this world and all of our weakness. Who can we trust? Verse 28. The good Father, and we know that those who love, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called to His purpose. As we meet Jesus, as we rely on His Spirit, we have this promise that God is taking us to a certain future where all things are whole, all things are healthy. Everything that we face, that we 
think, how is that going to be accomplished? That's going to be resolved in the favor of those who love Jesus. This world will be healed. Death and sin does not have the final say. We know the end of the story. And the end of the story is good for those who have embraced Jesus and are relying on the Spirit of Jesus who lives in us now. That is a great promise, brothers and sisters. But the thing that I want to end with today is that promise is not just for us that know Jesus right now. That promise is not just for us. Because when we when you hear in verse 27, and he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, we flip to the end of Romans. And we hear a famous benediction verse, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And that follows on from verse 9, verse 8 and 9, verse from chapter 15. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. One, one reason that we, we struggle with Romans 8.28 is, is, you know, I, I'm sure many of you have, have heard and thought through this. We mishear that verse and we, we think that it says that only good things will happen to those who love Jesus. And of course, that's not what it says. It says that all things, good and bad things, will be woven together for our good but for God's glory and for the glory of his world. And the glory of his world and God's glory is to have many more people beside us worshiping Jesus at the end of history from all nations, from every tongue, from our neighbors that don't know Jesus right now, our people across town right now that don't need people, people in, in, in London where I am right now that don't know Jesus. And God chooses to use us in our weakness, in our limited, uh, faithful, uh, hanging on to Jesus by the power of his spirit to have his glory shine through us and to bring others to find Jesus. You know, in John it says that unless a seed falls and dies, it will not bear fruit. And the message of the gospel is that Jesus died for us so that the world's good can be accomplished so that our good, our future is sure in Jesus. But the message that is for others too. And so as followers of Jesus, we have the same path of following him and uh, following him in his path of suffering and, and even facing difficult things. So that as the spirit is at work in our lives, in the midst of those difficult things, the glory of God shines through us. And so there will be others standing at the end of history saying that God works together for my good. They're saying that as well as us because they have come to know Jesus as he has been at work through our suffering. That is the message today. The message of weakness, the message of all the help and hope we have in the gospel through the Spirit, 
and the help and hope that is not just for us, but is for others that are going to come to know Jesus through us. Father, we pray that today as we walk through the challenges of life that we're facing today, Lord, we pray that you would free us and help us from uh, thinking that we have resource from within us to face the challenges of life. Remind us that we have, uh, though we are weak, we have help and hope through what you've done, Jesus, and through your presence with us, Holy Spirit, as you translate our prayers to be taking us exactly on this path to end up at a place of, in the goodness, in the center of God's will, with others following us too. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.